Welcome to Zero O'Clock. A podcast created to be a safe space to learn and grow. Grab your favorite drink and join us. Now brewing, if I rule the world. Welcome, I'm your co-host Kay. And I'm your co-host Carrot. and we really need to figure out how to do like some music. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Why was why was that my exact thought? Like I thought literally what I was thinking. I don't know how we'll figure it out because behind the scenes of how it goes, we literally just sit there and like. <laughs> <laughs> but hello, good morning. We are recording this earlier than we normally do. Yes. Um. I'm I'm struggling. Never <laughs> this early. But the good thing is that we get to drink coffee in the morning. I mean, you get to drink coffee all day long. I don't drink coffee all day. So that's my drink, coffee. That is also my drink. Um, I was going to brew Pike Place Starbucks. And oh my God, it's so good. It feels like I'm walking straight into Starbucks. But my mom doesn't like it. And I'm pretty sure... Her love language is quality time, and I want to drink coffee with her afterwards, but that's why I brewed the house blend, but it's not my favorite. So that's how my morning's going. But today, we are talking about sampling, like songs sampling but before we get into that we are doing the good the bad and the ugly which we haven't done in two weeks because we had a guest last week so I'm excited to do this yeah it's been a really long time since we've done this um and a lot has happened yes a lot has happened um we'll start with the good and this this is like this is literally two weeks three weeks old news (laughs) but I think it has to be said and acknowledged um but the whole GameStop Reddit thing that was happening and basically them crashing into the stock market um what what news I didn't know what was going on until my hosting teacher like told me about it she was like did you hear about this whole like GameStop thing in the stock market and I'm like stop right there stock market I know nothing about so (laughs) I don't know what's going on but we she like explained it I asked my brother and I'm still kind of confused about it but I get it Mm -hmm. and I just can't believe it started because some like rumor on reddit yeah yeah um I think I was with my cousin, um, like, away from the city, and so I was with my cousin and my other cousin and their side of the family, and we were talking, um, and and when everything was happening, like, my cousin and I, because we're very, like, this is, this is where I get confused of, like, what generation I'm from, because my older cousin, she's a millennial, and then my younger cousin is Gen Z, so in times like this, I, 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 get along more with my Gen Z cousin Mm -hmm. Um, 
because like with all the memes coming now and, and just the, the story behind it and all of that, like we kept updating each other that we even informed our millennial like <laughs> friend over there. And with my millennial cousin, like that was definitely more of like a conversation that we were having and like how how weird it all was. But at the same time, like at first I wasn't getting it until somebody posted like this really informative thing on Twitter that I was like, oh, this makes so much sense now because I hate the stock market. Um, that's that's it. I hate it. Don't want to talk about it. But when it comes to like in terms of this, it was really interesting to see how um people basically like and, and this is something like I know, but it's still weird to see it happening live in front of us that because people organized and moved in a way that was just very casual and very like, in a sense, it had very grassroots energy and they were able to like go into something that was um, (laughs) something so like guarded and protected by rich white people. Um, And I like, think about the like it really is thinking about the memes and like seeing big bird and like the office spaces and just being like GameStop now going into like stock meetings and stuff or whatever they're called but it was so funny to see that like because people were saying like GameStop is probably so confused like so confused as to why their stock is like going like increasing whatever whatever the terminology is I don't know but because people literally organized and said like well this is what people are saying and we're going to trust them and it worked it's just so so weird and like at the same time proves that everything that people especially progressives and um socialists have been saying from the very beginning is actually true i not that i would have invested because i'm clueless and i probably would have screwed up but (laughs) I didn't find out about this until like it already happened mm-hmm. and it was just like on the news and people were talking about it. I didn't know this was going on. I did. <laughs> and I I thought it was funny that it was just something someone said on Reddit, right? Mm-hmm. Like how exactly did it happen? So in Reddit there's like this like it's it's kind of like a conversation that goes on right like a mm-hmm. kind of like a tumblr post yeah and people were just having the conversation that um basically talking about how the stock market works and um i think because stocks were low in gamestop like it was like if people just pitched in certain amount of money to invest in um because people would be investing all at the same time, then the stock would increase. So therefore your investment would increase. Yeah. And people were like, oh, okay. And because, you know, you trust the internet all the time, (laughs) people started doing that and everyone started buying. Mm -hmm. And then what, you know, what is supposed to happen in the market was happening, Mm -hmm. but people didn't realize that that that's, that's what it was. Like that's how stocks work. Mm-hmm. And people were genuinely surprised. Now, what makes, I guess, GameStop, like, the the best example, I don't want to say the best example, but it was because it was just any company. It, it was a random company that somebody chose that they're, like, try it out and you'll see. 
and they just put GameStop as an example. So people were like, all right, let's do GameStop. And mm-hmm. after that, because they saw that it was working, they did it to a lot of other companies, a lot of other like things. And this was still happening on a conversation on Reddit. So people were like, all right, we did it to GameStop. Now let's do it to this. And so mm-hmm. people that were still under that post were like, all right, let's do that. And then it kept happening and everything that's supposed to happen in the market was happening. Mm-hmm. Now, after that, Wall Street and, and all the stockbrokers and everyone actually got upset because, you know, the, for them, there's a balance. There's supposed to be companies that, that achieve this, others that don't, mm-hmm. because they believe in trickle-down economy and that, you know, it's a free market and survival of the fittest in the market. And they did not like the fact that some company like GameStop was able to achieve that. They weren't happy that they were happy that these smaller companies were able to achieve things that they were very like for them, it's very delicate. It's very like certain companies can achieve it, certain can't, and that's just how it is. But because, you know, we obviously our generation doesn't believe in that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they nobody really cared, nobody really wanted to put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after that, um, one of the biggest, um, I guess, investment brokers, companies, I don't, I don't know what to call it, is Robinhood. This, this is where like it, it was gaining more attention mm-hmm. um, was that Robinhood is actually usually like, especially when you're a first time investor, when you're a beginner and all of these things, Robinhood is the way to go. Like this is something yeah. that everyone kind of tells you. I've heard problems about Robinhood before this, but Robinhood is the way to go. And when you hear the name Robinhood, like, you know, you get that that assumption that like, you know, you're giving back to the to the people, right? So Robinhood has gotten a lot of like uh, money, a lot of like, a lot of good rep because they've done this. They've done the, the, the thing of where you can, um, invest very easily to very various different companies and what happened was that the same people that were doing all of this and investing money were doing it through Robinhood and Robinhood saw that they started investing in smaller companies and they were going by masses and they weren't just doing it to one like GameStop they were doing it to a lot mm-hmm. so then they started putting stops to it and they were like you know, they were putting barriers to who can invest, um, how much they can invest, and what companies to invest, when in reality, you know, it has never been like that. There has never been yeah. boundaries onto like, who can invest and who can't, mm-hmm. which is why people started, like, you know, pushing attention towards that, because they were like, well, you're called Robin Hood. Why are you stopping, you know, normal or, you know, daily citizens mm-hmm. from investing in something that they're allowed to invest in. Yeah. Um, and that that's where more people got upset over anything. And that's where, like, they kind of put a stop to it because they were scared that if people kept investing in large masses like that, the, the market would crash. Mm-hmm. And I highly doubt so. But also because they're very protective of who should invest um, and what companies should actually do. Like, should be big because, like, when you think about big brokers and big investment companies and, and big stock, like the, the stock markets, you think of like the, the, the big companies. You never think about GameStop. Mm-hmm. 
So like for them, that was like an intrusion to their system, mm-hmm. which I put as good because good. <laughs> hate the rich and, and and this was like the, the the epitome of eat the rich like this is what we've been talking about mm-hmm. like well this this is the rich. Why, that is why I was so confused because I feel like on the news they were making it seem like it was bad that it was GameStop and I'm like I don't get what's going on like is this affecting GameStop negatively like mm-hmm. I are people are investing in GameStop I thought that's a good thing so I was so confused but now I get it that the rich people are just upset yeah it was a company that shouldn't be having yeah increase of money yeah and I wish like I knew more and I understood more because honestly I would invest but I do not and I'm scared of losing it all but my brother is really into this so he's like he should have done it but now is this like still happening are people still um I think people still are just not not in the big mass that they they started with which is what they started a lot of tension like this was two weeks ago this was two weeks ago and you know this was such a big thing because I was I was talking to Kat and like Kat never knows what's going on (laughs) in the world she's very disconnected from social media news like she's in her bubble Mm -hmm. so she like brought it up and I'm like okay this has to be really big if Kat is telling me about (laughs) it but I didn't like take the time because it has something to do with the stock market I'm like um I don't think I'll understand but thank you Kay for explaining <laughs> it genius here people <laughs> um I got this off from like a meme <laughs> <laughs> you know what sometimes but, no, way to I, I really wanted to understand what was happening but um, I looked up what you wrote on the script about donating money to kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great that people are doing that. So basically the people who invested in GameStop are now using the money that they got and they donated Nintendo Switches to a children's hospital. That's what I saw when I look, looked it up this morning. And you know what? I am glad that there are people like that in this world. Like yeah. they invested in GameStop in a mass as like not even a joke I guess just to test it out but now at least they're using their money for good <laughs> yes as a joke <laughs> no yeah and 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 that's what like I guess garnered also a lot of attention is the fact that that that's literal Robin Hood shit <laughs> like that that's the true Robin Hood that's like what you're supposed to be doing or hopefully what you're doing and uh-huh. you know it, it just shows a lot of like the past generations and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep if you guys know me I'm gonna shit on past generations because we're in messes because of them like honestly yeah but you know it just shows how selfish how cruel how awful our past generations were Mm -hmm. because they would have never done that shit and Mm -hmm. they can talk all about like oh, we were politically active in our youth. We were the, the most progressive of our time. Shut up. Because you're not progressive now. You're not moving with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and our generation, I think, definitely will be very different when it comes to, like, politics, when it comes to, like, 
economics when it comes to all of this because we have seen we, we literally have lived so many historical events where we know that mm-hmm. what's currently happening what's currently in the system doesn't work and yet the same people who are in charge are not doing anything to change it and that is literally wall street and i have my beef with wall street mainly because of like the wall street protests that were happening long ago and you know take over on wall street like that's such a vivid memory in my mind i used to go to school by wall street like like i got my beef with them and the fact that people from everywhere were just like basically doing this and it, for me it was like pointing at all the old white people and laughing at them like that's what this was to me and I was like I love that like I love that and good for people that actually understand and like kind of have a big sense and and through that risk of you know investing in a company that they they were just doing it for fun and giggles and it worked because it's supposed to work and it got them all mad and I have never seen any of the people in Wall Street right now do any of that where they give back to the people and Mm -hmm. use their investments for good and we've seen that the fact that most of these people are people like us you know recent graduates Mm -hmm. current students people who are living in like pounds of student debt decided to invest money they could barely afford and instead of keeping that money and using that money for their their school their tuition paying back their student debt like they decided i'm going to use this money to make people happy that's what makes me happy and that's why it's a good story but the bad do you want to say this one so the bad i saw did something else happen so the bad is racist and xenophobic acts done to asian elders and obviously this is because of a of our situation our virus our pandemic and i cannot believe like this is where i get confused because we are a generation that's changing like we think differently we stand up for what's right but then something like this happens. And I know like we can blame it on the older generations of being racist. Like, okay, so this virus apparently started in China. So now we're going to hate against every Asian we see. And I want to say that it's the older generations, but I sadly know people my age who are racist or have like prejudiced or like xenophobic acts towards Asians now because of this virus. And I'm like, how are we saying that we're changing when one little, I get the pandemic isn't a little thing, but one thing can happen. And I feel like we've started over with learning how to respect other people and getting rid of our like xenophobic mindset. Um, obviously, like, like you said, obviously, this has a lot to do with, like, the pandemic, and just how people have taken it, but, um, in the last couple of weeks, especially, there has been a lot of, um, racist, xenophobic acts done towards these, especially elders, like, it it seems Mm -hmm. like the elder community is targeted, um, and, um, people have been murdered, uh, trigger warning, 
death. But mm-hmm. people have been murdered, people have been slashed, um, they have been attacked like physically, um, not just in a certain location, like it's been all across, specifically all across um, the United States, but I'm pretty sure like in other places too, but especially here because we're still in a racist world. Mm-hmm. We are never, it just reminds me of a conversation that I, I had with you literally a year ago where I was talking about a few old friends that we had that refused to believe that we live in a post or, or they, that they really believe that we live in a post racist world when we in reality don't. We sadly do not live in a post racial racist world. We are still living in a racist world and we have never moved on from that and and we've just hidden it better um Mm -hmm. and a lot of these these attacks have been done by people of our of our generation of you know they've been young they've been not that much older than us but it's because of you know and and I don't want again I don't want to put no I do I want to put blame on like the older generation but it really does it it moves beyond you know putting blame on people it really is the fact that we think that we live in a post-racist world in a post-racist America Mm -hmm. when we've never we've never done it and and the conversation I had with you last year was also the fact that you know it was literally after Obama got elected that people were like oh racism is over when (laughs) it wasn't no obama anything that made it worse i feel like the big thing is a lot of people think like being racist isn't taught but i believe that it is and the reason why i think that our children the generation to come it's not like racism is still going to be there but hopefully not as bad is because people our age can have this conversation a lot of us can there are a lot of people who can acknowledge when they're wrong acknowledge racism acknowledge white privilege I mean there are tons of people who can't but our older generations definitely cannot and they shape their children with a certain mindset and yes I guess as a person, you get to choose if you want to believe it or not. But like you said, it's always following the leader. Your parents, the older generations lead us into what we should believe, how we should act, what we should do. And one, Trump is from the older generation, of course. And two, he's the president. And I just don't get how people don't see how he's wrong for the things that he said. The second I heard that he said, like, China virus, Chinese virus, I'm like, it's a wrap. There are so many people who are going to go along with this now, and this just shows how it's taught. Because no one was thinking like that before. We were all, or maybe people were, but out loudly, it was just this virus, this is where it started, and he has to label it, and now made it a thing, and made it worse, and just imagine how Asian people felt, and I have friends who are Asian Americans, and we've talked about this stuff Mm. in class before, and people either don't get it, or, well, well, yes, they just don't get it, whether they believe it or not, they still don't get 
how much it can impact them. And the fact that now people are attacking the older, like, Asian community, you've got to be kidding me. Like, why the older, like, elders? Like, this is, this is even, like, worse. Yeah. And something that a lot of people have been talking about lately, because of, like, all the awareness that has been tried to put out, is also, you know, putting attention to the fact that there's like this little um, model minority myth that it Mm -hmm. surrounds Asian Americans and the fact that and I I had this conversation with someone and I know they were genuinely curious but it kind of like made me a bit upset because I'm just like that's that's the literal misconception but the fact that they are closer to whiteness than any other minority Mm -hmm. that is a myth that that is not true Mm -hmm. and that basically focuses and emphasizes um east asians specifically what happens then to south and the southeast and all of those asians because most of them are not white are not white passing Mm -hmm. and they also fit into the asian american category because you know boundaries and everyone likes to categorize but this this misconception about the model minority and um the closeness to whiteness is literally what also um bounds them to 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 be marginalized and it's because like we have these awful stereotypes and awful misconceptions that push them to you know to not be defended the same way other minorities get defended other minorities get protected because it's kind of like a you know oh, you got it, you, you can suit yourself. Or like, because they actually work hard and and, and try to achieve, and, and sometimes they achieve closeness to, to white, it doesn't take away the fact that they still get discriminated. It doesn't take the fact that they still get pre- um, so many prejudices put, put against them, and especially now in the middle of the pandemic. And it's because of like this model minority myth that people don't put emphasis on the fact that, you know, Asians are getting discriminated and you know it, it's something that gets lost in in the midst of everything mm-hmm. and it's something that we constantly have to we have to think about how we see stereotypes but also the fact that how these stereotypes affect and we we're seeing it now what like it affects everyone and the fact that you know a lot of people are, are talking mainly about the elders especially because they firsthand know what it is like to be pushed out of their countries because a lot of them came because of the wars that we created in their countries mm-hmm. and they landed here and they still get discriminated and mm-hmm. where does it end mm-hmm. yeah. i i feel like i don't even know what to say i just i hate that I, I really feel like, I mean, I don't know, because I'm in a bubble sometimes, and I don't get, I, I don't know if it's happening, but at least the people around me, like, it's just upsetting that no one was really calling it a Chinese virus until Trump started this whole thing, and I'm like, you, you've got to be kidding me, and then on, I, I, and I like how you said that how we never really focus on the discrimination of like Asian Americans 
I feel like it's always other minority groups that we look at and we never take the time to realize that they too are discriminated. And it's always, and, and I feel like, so what people don't get is that the stereotypes, even if the stereotype is a positive stereotype, that doesn't mean that you should still have it. So I feel like with me growing up, I never really heard anything bad about like Asians, Asian community, that like minority group. All I've ever heard was the stereotype of like, oh, Asians are smart. They are good at math and nothing like, it's not like bad compared to other stereotypes I've heard of other groups. And it wasn't until becoming friends with Asian Americans where they're like, and they've explained it, that that being said, yes, it doesn't sound bad, but that's still like putting pressure on them. It doesn't make them feel good. And I had to be educated. I mean, I didn't go around like saying that, but that's just what I heard. And I didn't get that Yes, it sounded positive, but it was still a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And now we have this happening and they're once again, like another, not stereotype, but another way to be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that people with all minority groups, there are just different stereotypes that we don't know how they affect them. And I think this is like a good example of the whole like Asians are smart. And now like they had all of that. And now here they are with dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to put the, to to end, I don't want to end this conversation, but it, it, you know, to put it on a more lighter note, and I guess ways that everyone can hop on this is, you know, especially because of the pandemic and, and I sadly, lived the very first hand in New York City where mm-hmm. um because there was like this this again this mentality about like Chinese virus all of this and also people were very like skeptical of everything and everyone and all of this um a lot of here the main thing I know it's Chinese food restaurants but mm-hmm. any kind of Asian um locality um, was deeply affected because mm-hmm. of these awful stereotypes and, um, you know, the, this concept of the virus is only from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but ways that people, you know, to end, honestly end this on a lighter note and, and, and you know, th- there is a way to move forward from this. There is something that we all can do and put, like, pitch in and support. First of all, have this conversation with people around you. And I know, especially for Karen and I, like, we we kind of think the same things like this is something that we both agree on we can have this conversation and if we aren't at the same level yet we can have this conversation and 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 meet each other halfway and and see each other's point of view but thankfully in this conversation we do have the same thought but not everyone has that not everyone has people around them that think the same way and and think this especially so have these conversations with people put awareness on the fact that this is happening. This is still happening in our country. And it's because of racism. It's because of these stereotypes that we put in prejudice and everything. Um, and talk about it and, and talk about it with people that you know mm-hmm. and support your local Asian localities. And, you know, I know a lot of them have been in just 
awful shape because a lot of their businesses have been affected because of these xenophobic mentalities. But go support them. Go be like, you know, pitch in your money and you're supporting small businesses as well. They're the one that need the most help anyways right now. And um, yeah, there's just, there's so much that we can keep talking about but especially when it comes to this, this is something we can fix. This is something that we can end and, you know, stop having these racist thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like you said, like racism is taught. Racism is something that people learn. We can unlearn it too. And it just takes, it, it takes a lot. Weren't, we weren't thinking this before, before this Cheeto head said something and made it so public and got people overthinking and ready. That, that's the thing. We, as humans, we need to find where to blame. So here we are in the midst of a pandemic, going crazy, not knowing what to think of it. He makes such a claim. And here we are, we're ready to point fingers. People are like, that's it. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. Now, someone, their neighbor is Asian American, and now they hate their neighbor, like stereotypes, prejudice, Mm -hmm. racism, they don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that just because you hear someone with power say something doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. Okay, going on to the ugly. So this I was actually, talking about yesterday in my transnational feminism class um I did not know this was happening but um my professor pointed it out and Um, I looked up what was happening because like I said I was not informed did not know so a few weeks ago in India um there has been three legislations passed through parliament that deeply affect Indian farmers. Um, And um, as of recent, I guess, farmers have been able to go to um, global uh, governmental markets or uh, government owned markets. And they have been able to sell there. They have been able to sell their their produce or or whatever it is that they have. And um, it is government owned, but that money is is for them. But through these legislations that have been passed, what now happens is that now they're allowed to um, sell to corporations. And you're probably thinking, how is that bad? Well, exploitation is what happens because corporations are going to obviously buy in bulk, but obviously not going to pay the prices that they're willing to or that they're supposed to. Um, and, and this goes on to the whole concept that, that's putting it very lightly. Um, but um, I guess what, what has really garnered attention was because of the, this happening, a lot of Indian farmers have been um, protesting and um, they have been met with police brutality um, and just a lot of negativity. Um, protests start off very peacefully and then they get aggressive. And um, a few weeks ago, what happened in New Delhi was that internet got cut off all across um, the New Delhi area. And 
it was in nobody really knows why it happened but a lot of people think it's because they did not want especially because it's such a it's the easiest or, or the most accessible place to have access to internet so they cut off internet there in order for them not to speak out on the issue at hand in order for it not to be talked about in an international sense which is why we started talking about it in transnational feminism um but uh recently uh rihanna and greta whatever her last name is i am so sorry um they have been talking about it and they have been talking about these these issues at hand um and they have been met with um, backlash. And it was um, an Indian actress, I believe, I don't remember her name, who is in support of parliament and has said a few things that basically support the genocide of this these Indian farmers. Um, but this looks like a very light thing. It doesn't seem like a very big deal. But this goes into the issue at hand about capitalism and neoliberalism and how, you know, the, the free market and, you know, survival of the fittest of them in the market. And these corporations can take advantage of Indian farmers by exploiting their labor, um, paying them low wages and everything, everything bad. And it's something that we were talking about in class that we... You know, a lot of us didn't didn't know that this was happening and um like how does it even fit into transnational feminism when you know and, and it's basically talking about other world um countries in the world and and having this discussion and just seeing how much capitalism and this this capitalistic market functions in such a worldwide scale and it's the fact that this is the market that is put on such a high pedestal that we have seen that does not work. Um, and, and there's this huge mentality on um, trickle-down economy. And, you know, if big corporations can make the most money, then it's obviously then going to trickle down to the lowest worker. But that's that's not how it works. And I blame Reagan on this because he thinks that he thought that this was actually a good thing. It's not. And a lot of companies and corporations still have this mindset. And it's why capitalism is the way it is and affects everyone and yes that is putting their issue so lightly I honestly researched this and I feel like I did not put it into the words it was supposed to um but yes that is kind of the ugly they've you know the fact that there's this censorship um across you know th th this issue at hand that they are not willing to address and instead of reverting back and and, and reversing this legislation they're allowing it to happen um and not seeing how their own farmers are going to get deeply affected and exploited by you know world economy and the world market is astonishing yes and for those who are like me and need it said in different words but basically <laughs> these farmers are now going to have to work 10 times harder to not to make less money basically because mm -hmm. corporations are not going to want to pay them what they actually should be paid because we all know that buying in bulk is cheaper but only for the buyer not for mm -hmm. the seller yep and that's why I, let's like let, let's like explain this to in like terms of stores that we know like Costco great to go there buy mm -hmm. in bulk but 
the the person that produ- produces it they don't get paid as much but these are farmers these are people who own land and now their hard work has they have to work harder and they don't get paid as much because once you have now entered the world of the businessmen you get screwed over mm-hmm. and it, it's it's sad like it was great when they were selling their own crops at a government market making money mm-hmm. and it may seem great they're moving up but they're really not because working harder these local farmers they're gonna have to what hire more people to produce more crops pay more people and everyone's gonna end up with less money mm-hmm. and you know that that's why they're called literal farmers this is what they make their living out of their mm-hmm. th- this 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 is their income and the fact that they're seeing that they they will not be making anything out of this it's literally such a negative thing and yet the government is allowing it mm-hmm. you know it, it just goes on to show first of all how agriculture is treated by government and the fact that it is not seen that you know first of all it takes a lot to produce it takes a lot to grow out a crop and they're not getting their money's worth yes and i, I another thing that people don't understand that it is different when it's man-made versus like actual natural resources mm-hmm. planting crops and growing them it takes a lot longer and more work mm-hmm. than having a factory with an assembly line to make a product. Yeah. So now we have these farmers working so hard to plant things, to grow things, to mm-hmm. sell them, to not make as much money. Mm-hmm. And going with going with what you were saying, like not only is it hard labor, it also has a lot to do with climate. And th- this is where climate change comes into conversation and literally everything. If you have a bad season, mm-hmm. then you have a bad selling and, and, and no one's going to buy from you. And, the, and then where do you get living from? Yeah. And now their expectations are even higher. Yes. And considering so, how our world is, this is bad. Yes. And what makes it worse is that they're censored. and They can't even speak up on this mm-hmm. because they're being censored. Oh. And, and it goes on even beyond, you know, just, you know, a bad season and, and not growing enough or whatever. Then you will also have bad products because, mm-hmm. you know, organic, real, you know, plant, soil-based products, they are, they decay faster. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the buyer is not going to want to buy a bad batch. Mm-hmm there's just so many expectations and it's the fact that you know there's this mentality of like work 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 and it's like when you're dealing with agriculture when you're dealing with the soil of the earth you can't really control much there there's very specific conditions and for those who don't believe in climate change these conditions are changing which makes it harder to produce the foods that we need all around the world Mm -hmm. everywhere and I know it's not, it sounds like a lot. It sounds scary. I'm the type of person where these types of things, when I think too much into it, I get like anxiety, but 
someone has to think about it. Someone has to talk about it and something needs to be done. I can't tell you what, but these are real issues and it might not affect your everyday life. Like you are living life fine, but people are around the world suffering because someone is out there not believing in climate change. Someone's out there trying to buy in bulk. Like you have to really sit down and think about it. Yes. And if you're in college, take a take a woman and gender studies course, take uh, African and Latino studies course, take a take a something course. They make you think, they make you really a sociology course something. Because you know, it, it, it's things like this where we don't realize that like yes, even it though takes this you is out of your bubble, your mm-hmm. living. Yeah, and yes, I know it can produce like a bit of anxiety, but we do have to think about these things because we're living in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we may think like, oh, this is this is happening in India. How does that affect me? Capitalism, capitalism affects you. Climate change affects you. Think about it like that. Um, But yes, um, how can we fix this? I don't know, but talk about it. Be informed. And if you didn't know about this, please look up more because I really didn't do it justice. That was not good. I think Carrie did a way better job to explain it than I did. But <laughs> inform yourself, please. Um, in other news, we are now going to get into the nitty gritty of this week's episode, which is sampling uh what's the word specifically oh my gosh I am fried specifically BTS yes so the way this started was well one I think we were talking about trivia love but we like made a comment about how we have a friend and other people but we have a friend who's always like oh BTS is always plagiarizing other songs there's nothing original copying and I'm like no yeah that ain't it that's not it sir let's talk about what it is which is sampling Mm -hmm. which I just feel like one a lot of artists do it but I feel like because it's BTS and it's k-pop people are just ready to say oh, they're just copying, but it's okay when other people are just copying, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how this whole theme for this episode started. Yes. Um, and as many of you already know, um, Carrot and I are kind of huge fans of hip hop and rap, um, which is where sampling originates from and credit where credit to do. Um, and I was thinking about this uh, yesterday when I was thinking about what I was going to say for today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I, specifically me, have to put a huge disclaimer to everything I'm going to say in the next couple of minutes. Because one, I am not Black. Uh, two, that's it. <laughs> like yeah. there, there's just um, so much sampling specifically in the 80s and 90s had a lot of political messages behind it. Um, and even now we see it it's just the way people sample now is not in the same way as before and if people still like if people do it for a political purpose then they're honoring old rap they're honoring old hip-hop and at the same time putting a political uh 
a modern contemporary political message behind it. So yes, there's like so much between sampling that like should be honored and should be beautified and and yes, I'm I'm a huge advocate for sampling. Yes. And I am too and it's not and I'm not saying that how do I want to word this? I'm not defending people who do it wrongly though. Mm-hmm. I one one I know nothing about music behind the scenes so I don't know the process of sampling but I'm sure there are like rights like you have to get permission like there's all of that stuff that happens and when it's done correctly and then they make music any artist makes music correctly and uses the sampling in however way they want to as long as it's done correctly I am there for it but there are people who just do it and they do it wrong and then they don't want to own up to it I do not support that that is a no and that's when I guess we can call it plagiarism. The thing with plagiarism is literally taking something and claiming it as your own. And as long as a person's not doing that, I think sampling's okay. Mm-hmm. Other people still might not like the idea of sampling. They're like, well, why can't they just be original? Well, like Kay said that there are reasons for sampling. And even if today we're not using it for it for a political like sense but we're just people we're like I'm doing it like <laughs> people are just doing it because they want to appreciate it that's their inspiration mm-hmm. that's okay as long as they do it the right way and I don't think that we should automatically just call it plagiarism mm-hmm. or unoriginal mm-hmm people do it for specific reasons and as long as it's right then who are we to say it's wrong Mm -hmm. and I feel like one example which we both love it's chicken noodle soup where Hasuk and (laughs) J-Hope and Becky G were getting like called out for doing this but the original artist himself was okay with it Mm -hmm. so I just feel like I feel like with that situation if those two people who are okay the person who like sampled and then the original artist if they're okay with it why is there such a debate like why can't we just let it go they did whatever they need to do behind the scenes let's just enjoy a song and that's when it becomes an issue and like I guess irritating to me because why it's not like it's not like j-hope was like yeah like i came up with these lyrics this Mm -hmm. is my like no he didn't do that they didn't do that so what was the problem Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying that there isn't a problem there are other issues that we're not going to talk about that were brought up Mm -hmm. but just with the sampling itself of the song the artist himself was okay Mm -hmm. with it yes and I like how you mentioned it first I didn't want to be that person (laughs) um but when it comes to the and and this is why I get so irritated and like I said I'm gonna be the huge hugest advocate for chicken noodle soup because that's like the most contemporary like homage Mm -hmm. homage to an OG song that sam that that gets sampled 
Um, and like you said earlier, like there, there are legalities to how you sample nowadays. Like this is not like how it was back in the 80s and 90s where you, you know, back then it was more of like a, um, like a person, a person, like, I guess, approach where it was just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take something from yours. And, you know, the other person's like, all right, all right, you're going to do that. But now it, it really does like, because of there's so many fine lines between like copywriting and stuff, like now there are like certain legalities you have to follow in order to like copyright a certain or, or take something or sample from someone. And we didn't know until this debate was happening where, you know, because um, the original artist had to, like they literally, because they saw this debate happening, they had to come out and say like, no we fixed like like what like the the legality aspect is already fixed and done we actually got a share of the commission um and we got rewarded for the artist sampling our original um song that in itself that's what you're supposed to do that's what you're supposed to do when you sample now and they followed the rules and people got upset because um i don't know why (laughs) <laughs> because you know it, it was followed in the in, in the correct format and at the same time what they did was not in any shape way or form actually you know they only took the chorus that they sampled they they brought in their own verses and from the very beginning said this was inspiration from the original mm-hmm. and I think they had a very original like hip-hop approach mm-hmm. to how they sampled which is what makes it beautiful. Like that, that, like that, that was what made it special because it's like, not only that you like place homage, but you placed it right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that from the very beginning was, I have, oh, I'm wearing my chicken noodle soup shirt today. Actually, <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. I just thought it, I had to put color on myself. But um, like I said, I'm going to be the hugest advocate for chicken noodle soup because that is the, the most beautiful version of sampling that I have seen and especially when it comes to k-pop because mm-hmm. I got lots to say about that <laughs> yes I feel like that's a whole different conversation in terms of k-pop and their hip-hop influences it's a whole different episode that we can talk about but I will say that chicken noodle soup was done right done well and in my opinion, also one of the best that I've seen. And honestly, so like, I love thinking about that time. It was such a happy, exciting time for that song. And I feel like for, this is where our disclaimer comes in as well. I do not, I'm not trying to invalidate the feelings of people who are actually upset. It's okay, especially if it's their culture their music and they want to feel a certain way you are okay too it's okay but also I want to just bring up that it was at least done right this time Mm -hmm. maybe other times in other instances it probably wasn't but this time it was so I don't see the problem myself Mm -hmm. but there can still be a problem it's okay yes and and thank you for also um, emphasizing the disclaimer um the reason I love it so much and I've said this like so many 
gazillion times. The reason I love it so much is because it's an homage to my neighborhood. Like, that, like, like that's just, and this is when I bring New York City back into it. But this is an homage to my neighborhood and that's why I love it. And, and it was done in such a beautiful, correct way. And yes, there was so many problems that happened that day that it kind of like threw me off. And I was like, I was so happy, but like, damn. But um, yes, chicken noodle soup. If you got beef with her, please tell me and then I'll see if that's my reason to. Um, but like the, that that's the whole point. Like there's like this very fine line that you always have to tiptoe around when it comes to sampling. Um, and like you you were saying, like there's some instances where it was probably not done in the best way. And it makes me think, like like when you said this, I wanted to like revert it back to like sampling versus plagiarizing and, and specifically bts but when i think about this i think about um over the summer with home run by 17 disclaimer again i am a fan this is not me saying anything bad about them i love them okay but when home run came out i i i was like oh this is so good this is so catchy i didn't catch it at the beginning until a lot of black carrots came out and they were like this sounds like the cha-cha slide and I was like wait pause and then it did take me a while for me to realize like wait was that was that the intent and then I'm, I think the artist originally came out also and said something about it did sounding like the cha-cha slide now this was in 17's um like, like this was a, a producer thing. This is where the producer didn't come out and actually credit that, in fact, it was taking influence from the cha-cha slide. Um, that's when the, the, the fine line between sampling and plagiarism comes in. And it's like, you did take influence, you didn't credit. And sampling, I feel, always has to be credited in any shape, weight, or format. Like, that's what makes sampling, sampling, and, and, and reverted away from plagiarism. Mm -hmm. And while this was a very thin, thin line between sampling and plagiarizing, like, like you have to understand the issue there where it's like the producer didn't do their job by crediting the original artist. Yeah. And I think that's, an, that, that's another K-pop example of like. Yes. And I'm glad you brought up 17 because I knew that. I just didn't remember the song and like I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't remember the actual like two songs. Mm -hmm. But I did know that over the summer that was an issue. And that's how this conversation actually started. We were I went to my school to visit some of my friends and one of them who's not into K-pop, we were my other friend is into 17 so we were listening to their new album and our friend that's not into it is just like this is just plagiarism and then at the time I was just like oh and then all that happened but then I'm th then it made me realize like not always is it plagiarism and that's where one we need to think about it but two sometimes it's not us fans who have to worry about that it's the artists, mm -hmm. that's their job. They need to figure it out. So yes, we can like say something and make it known and bring it to light. So maybe they can 
do something about it. But at the same time, we do not always know what's going on in the background. And that's why I feel like I'm not, it's not, I'm not not speaking up because I don't want to. I'm not speaking up because I'm not educated enough. So why would I put myself into it? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with 17, where Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was plagiarism or not, because I don't know what happened behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I can't say, yeah, this is plagiarism until Mm -hmm. it was known that they weren't credited. And then you can start having those debates. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I know this was solely, I I think before we even get BTS focused, we do have to address all of this. Um, And this goes on to what we were saying earlier, and I don't want to talk a lot about it because, you know, it's a lot. There's just a lot to have in that conversation. But it's the influence of hip-hop and rap in Mm K-pop. And one of, you know, again, like PSA, I don't know, everything. I can be a consumer of this as well as a critic. And I think, you know, especially for me, I'm the hugest critic of K-pop even though I'm a huge consumer of it. And it's Mm -hmm. that all of these companies, all of these entertainment companies, you know, one of the things that bugs me, and I was thinking about this yesterday too, is that every single group has to have a rapper. Why is that? Why? Not all of them. I'm I'm saying it right now. There are multiple people I can think of that cannot rap and should not be rapping. We do not need a rapper, but people don't want to admit that. So I'm going to stay quiet and not name names. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's exactly what I was thinking. And then some, some of these these people that rap have beautiful vocals and get robbed from that opportunity because every group has to have a rapper. And it's like, why is that? Why does every single group need one? It's not needed. You don't need that. And it's because of the huge influences of Cape of hip hop that, you know, transcend. And it's like the, there's this necessary thing. And let's not even get started with the appropriation of hip hop. And, you know, um, there's much to be said. There, there's a lot. And, and, and it goes on with this, like this huge influence of also sampling. But then, you know, for I, I think, you know, I'm not Korean, so I really can't be in charge of any of these k-pop companies but i think something if they're going to be taking influence from hip-hop they need to be educated on hip-hop and a lot of them are not a lot of them are not and that and and this is where it's also you need to hold your favorites accountable at the same time because i love bts but i'm not going to sit here and say that they've never done anything wrong Mm -hmm. and if you can't admit that they haven't done anything wrong then you really need to get educated and it's not just BTS, it's other groups, especially other groups. Maybe maybe I'm biased by saying this, but I do feel like BTS is a group that knows a little bit more, but they still have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Other groups don't know jack shit, and mm-hmm. they're over here claiming to be influenced by hip-hop, and I'm like, you look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Please stop it. Yep. You are embarrassing borderline being racist, so you need to stop it. And sometimes I feel bad because... Maybe it's not even the group. It's not the people in the group. It is their companies. Mm -hmm. And it makes me upset that they get this bad image when maybe they didn't even want to do this. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's their company forcing them. So there are a lot of layers to this. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, honestly, companies themselves, like the CEOs, the producers, the the everyone behind the scenes in that company need to get educated. If you're going to be borrowing, you need to be educated you need to know and 
it like reminds me a lot about like when BTS was forming and you know they they knew that they were gonna you know be you know originally a hip-hop group they knew that this was happening and what they did was learn they had like, like that's one of the things that they focus on is learning did they make mistakes of course but they still made the effort to learn and understand and navigate that world that they were going to be inspired from and that in itself is a huge step when it comes to you you know getting influence of that and then there's a huge difference between being influenced and robbing from Mm -hmm. that and you know and another thing that wait I'm, I'm gonna say this but then I know you have to go oh um mm-hmm. okay and then another thing is I feel like well when I wasn't into k-pop for that long it's only been two years so I really do not know everything I am not that educated on k-pop I will say that but I feel like because BTS did it now a lot of groups think that they have to do it and that's not true. You do not need to do that. That is how BTS made their name. That's what their company wanted them to do. But you can become big in other ways. So don't try to do something that you are clueless about because you're going to look bad. And if anything, it's going to be the reason why you're not big. Mm-hmm. Yes. Following I- BTS's footsteps is not what you need to do to become big. They just did something, it worked, here they are, you do not need to copy them, yeah, find something else, hip-hop influence is not the answer, Mm -hmm. it's not, we don't need a rapper all the time, Mm -hmm. yes, I love how you brought that up, because I completely (laughs) forgot that that's another thing I wanted to touch on, um, and it's exactly that, and it's like, you know, it, it ties into the whole, like, having a rapper in every group, but it's like, if it worked for BTS, that's their success. That's, and that's, that's me being a BTS popper, but also <laughs> like, you know, it's not, it's not always going to work. It just happened to work for them because they understand that and they understood the thing that they were stepping on and they mm-hmm. respected it as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And as much as they like were given that space yeah. and, you know, it's just a lot of people try to like do like the whole bts formula there is no formula they just just took some risk and they got it Mm -hmm. honestly if there is a formula and you figure it out let me know because (laughs) (laughs) i would also like to be rich but (laughs) but and other disclaimer is that i'm not saying that other groups don't have good rappers and aren't good at what they're doing there are tons of other groups that i love rappers are great one of them being jackson wang i love that man he is good at what he's doing i don't come at me for saying that bts is good at what they're doing just because they're good at what they're doing doesn't mean other people aren't we didn't name names for a reason so if you're putting names in our mouth that's on you yes except for jackson wang but i mean (laughs) it's jackson wang so what what are we arguing here okay but yes yes he he is another person i absolutely love done great i think he's also a good example in in um k-pop that um takes good influence say is influenced by it um in a very unique way and he knows how to incorporate it Mm -hmm. um but yes and it's just you know the I just got my problems with K-pop, but I also, I love a lot of groups, whatever. But that, that it's, it's that whole thing about being 
a critic as well as a consumer. You can be both. They, they can coexist. This is a, this is yes, something that, a lot of K-pop fans do not want to admit. Yes, they do not want to. And Ed- it's upsetting because it's just like, like this goes into my whole thing of I don't like every single BTS song. I'm sorry, I'm not a BTS fan. I guess whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. And it's you know these two things can coexist, and I don't know why people don't let it. <laughs> like, it's okay. If anything, that's more normal than loving everything and thinking everything your idols are doing are fine. Yes. It's fine. Some of y'all need to go touch the grass because <laughs> y'all take it too far. Yes. Um, I didn't mean to like insult people here, but it just happened because y'all make me mad sometimes. It's only a few. If if this fits you, then. <laughs> I can't, I don't know what to say, but you know, if you're going to get defense, I think like when, especially when it comes to this, you have to have these conversations and you have to understand. And if you, this, this is my, this is my big issue because a lot of people would come at me talking about, you know, they, they think this, this and that. And I'm like, first of all, first of all, do you even know hip hop? Do you even understand what that is? Y'all, y'all not even, you know, again, I do not mean to insult, but, you know, there's some people who really grind my gears because I'm like, give me one, one song, one, one song from any hip hop artist or a rapper from like 2000s even. Let me know if you know one. And then they don't know, but they have lots to say about this issue. And I'm like, no, because that's the one thing you need to do. You need to be educated in order to understand. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh my gosh, it grinds my gears. And I'm not saying that to be elitist. I'm really not. But especially when it comes to hip hop and rap, you have to understand because there's so many underlying layers. It's because hip hop and rap is influenced by so many other genres mm-hmm. techno, disco, um, jazz. Bro, you can name so many. And it's like, it's one of the most complex genres and if you don't understand how complex it is then how can we have this conversation as you can see i am very heated for a reason this just makes me think of the time that our one old friend said that's exactly what i have that's exactly the person like, doesn't like rap because all they're doing is just talking fast mm-hmm. goodbye i'm done it's over do you know after that do you know what I did I only played rap music <laughs> I cannot believe but that's why when I was very when I was getting into k-pop and people my roommate Kat was telling me she knows that I like rap music and one way of trying to sell me into this whole game was their rappers and when she said that Yoongi Namju and j-hope are rappers i'm like what do you mean they rap like i was not i was not please like i wasn't amused i'm like you gotta it gotta be more than just that they rap um okay i will i will (laughs) i will be the critic i will be the judge of that and i personally do think that the three of them are good at what they're doing what they claim to do Mm -hmm. so yes but before i was skeptical spectacle skeptical you know what I'm trying to say (laughs) (sighs) so you you really 
do need to be educated to understand. Mm -hmm. You can't be judging things that you do not know. Yes. And and I also came in with that skeptic. <laughs> See, you, you put it on me. That's skepticism. A little, I can't even say it either now. Damn. I said it right the first time. Um, I came in with that same mentality, though, that where, you know, I, I would hear you guys like playing um, their songs. And I was like, at, at first, I really wasn't convinced. I was not convinced that, you know, I was just like, you know, it's good music, yes, but I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They, they just, they're just, they're rapping, yes, and it's good, yes. Mm -hmm. But how much do they know? Mm -hmm. And it really, oh my gosh, it really wasn't until me, me discovering them, not me being, um, what is it? Being shown, there you go, <laughs> being shown the music. It wasn't until I did my research and I investigated and I listened and I saw, I was like, wait a minute, these these are true hip hop fans. I was like, mm -hmm. and I, I was so mad, not at you, but I was so mad at the like original person that tried to put me on that like, especially considering like I, I thought like that was a very obvious thing that I'm a lover of music. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that this would be one of the like hit points and one of the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the you know, pinned thing that would yeah. be on it. And it surprised me, it doesn't really surprise me actually, that that was not the focus point for me, for them to put on me. But when I saw that, I got, I was a little mad because I was like, why didn't they just say this from the beginning? Why didn't they say they were Because they, they didn't know. Here's my thing. Me too. If I had knew, if I had known, I would have told you. But I didn't know because what they claimed was that BTS's old music is trash. Mm -hmm. It's bad. I was like, okay, if you're saying it's bad, I'm a fool. No. I should have listened. I should have because I would listen to these songs and I would think of the songs that we have listed here. Mm -hmm. And I realized that they just don't know yeah. the originals. So they don't know how amazing this is. Yes. And then it made me sad that I'm friends with someone who doesn't know who J. Cole is, who Lauren <laughs> Hill is, who really? Miss Elliot is. Yes. They oh didn't know. They really did not know. They don't know. I'm sorry. They don't know. They can yes. say that they did know, but they don't know. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> switching switching gears and oh moving God. past that anger because we can stay angry forever. Now to onto some actual examples that BTS has shown us of great sampling that they've done and because uh we can't play the songs i will be performing <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i am so sorry in advance to everyone <laughs> imagine if i did <laughs> <laughs> what a show i better bring my light stick out no <laughs> But anyways, going on to the fact that people don't know about who J. Cole is, um, perfect segue. <laughs> um, so one of the, this is more of like sample homage, um, twisting it, making it their own, is 
BTS's Born Singer, which comes out of um, inspiration from Born Sinner by J. Cole. And, bruh, when I was in high school, I was obsessed with J. Cole. Like, I loved him. I still love him, actually. Um, Mr. Cole, where is your music? Where is it? I need you to hop on again. Why are you disappearing? J. Cole always cracks me up because I had my first kiss to work out. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I feel like (sighs) BTS is one of the groups where I think they know how to use the hip-hop influences in their music. And honestly, like, like, even with, like, If I Rule the World... That one always gets to me because I'm just like, I feel like you have to really know hip hop to know some, a lot of these songs that are listed, you have to really know these artists, this music to really sample it into your own work. Mm -hmm. And that's why with BTS, I'm just like, I'm not saying that they're the best at it. I'm not saying that they are what, like, like, the most educated and they do it 100% right only like we said BTS does make mistakes but clearly they know their stuff Mm -hmm. and that's also just me as a fan of hip-hop like I said if you don't agree it is okay if you think they're doing it wrong if you think something they're doing is wrong you can let us know I'm okay with that but for as a fan of hip-hop and these artists and this music and now a, a whole other group on the completely other side of the world is inspired by the music that I grew up listening to I think they did a good job mm-hmm. yes agreed by like a thousand percent <laughs> and um th- this I'm gonna expose myself in like so many different angles and, and just this next song um but it's you mentioned it if I wrote the world by Lauren Hill and Nas and I'm gonna tell you guys how I found the BTS version and it's a little embarrassing but not at the same time I don't care So (laughs) this was back when I was still baby army and I think I was like two months into them and their music and I was still very into like the very new music and not really diving deep into their their older stuff but um, I this is when I was really confused but I think at this point I had already biased uh, Yoongi and Jen and then what way to get me through fanfics and literature and one of the first fics i read was yunjin and it's um the miseducation of kim suk jin if you get that reference i love you um and it has everything to do with this but um, when I first read it, it's it's actually one I don't talk about a lot. If you know me, I talk about A Gilded World, like all of this. But The uh, Miseducation of Kim Suk-jin is one of my absolute favorites. And it really isn't because of the trope. It's because of how well articulated it is. And 
it basically is I, I usually don't read like um uh what are they called what's what's the trope like bts being bts like i'd like to read alternative universes but this one it's basically pre-debut bts and it's them um basically forming into who they are and as many of you know like jin wasn't very musically influenced when he first started um so this is kind of his journey on learning what hip-hop is um and it's through mixtapes and um the author oh my gosh I if I could marry that author I would because she or they they did such an immaculate job like so through the chapters you get a mixtape like he through every chapter he gets a mixtape and the author actually gives you the playlist on like what each song is and there's a there's a purpose behind the mixtapes and it's just so well articulated on like literally what hip-hop is and what it resembles and, and, and everything and and she actually or they oh my gosh i'm pretty sure it's a they <laughs> they actually um break it down and break down why they choose every song um for that specific mixtape that jin gets introduced to and they do a combination of korean like hip-hop and um like old like drunken tiger epic high um you know all of these artists but they also do a lot of like og hip-hop because you know og united states american hip-hop it's the basis of hip-hop and they do a bunch of like jay-z missy elliott um oh my god they did Aaliyah. i was so happy when they put that song i was like oh my gosh they're, they're like attributing my girl um they had Beyonce and then to finish it off how it ends is basically um BTS is about a debut and they end it with uh if I rule the world the Lauren Hill and Nas version and then the BTS version and I was like wait BTS actually has a song called if I rule the world <laughs> and I was so shook and I could not believe my ears and I was like, there is no way. And, and, and that's how I got introduced to their old music, actually, was through fanfic. Um, <laughs> I've never said this out loud. So everyone, this is your first time hearing it. Um, but that's just what it is. And, and that's why I, that's one of my favorite fics of all time, because like it does that. It does it justice and it does, you know, mixtapes are such a huge part of hip hop too. And the fact that they did that and they attributed that, and obviously this isn't this is fiction but it also shows that like bts does that in real life anyway mm -hmm. so that's my little story <laughs> i can just imagine you reading it and you're like <laughs> yes in your bed just <laughs> yes it was yeah. so good but, yeah. but like I said, like that's that's why I love BTS because I know that they genuinely know this stuff. And maybe not all of them. Let's let's put the credit a little bit on Namjoon first, then Yoongi, and then the rest of them has have learned over time, I feel. But every time I think like BTS and hip hop, I do think like Namjoon and Yoongi a lot more than the rest of them. 
but it's just what they've always wanted. Like clearly it shows their passion and I love that. I think definitely Rapline as a whole, like Hobie, he yes, grew Hobie, up because Hobie. of street dancing. Like I think definitely that influenced a lot of the hip hop he knew and understood, mm-hmm. but it was through a different medium. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely the, the first people I think of when attributing to this. And bro, I, I don't remember if it was billboards or Grammys when they finally met Nas. My heart was so happy. It She was skyrocketing. Like, I don't know what she was. She levitated. She ascended. She everything. Because it, it's, it's a moment that I think for any artist, for any person who loves their art, to meet someone that inspired all of that, mm-hmm. that that's great. And I saw it as like a full like circle moment for them where it was just like, they started off, you know, I could get all into like the whole underdog story behind BTS, but they started off with dreams and aspirations and listening to Nas to being on the same place and same not not just as a fan but as an artist yeah and it's just like poof, moment and I'm, I was so happy uh, when like I didn't care about any other artist but when they met Nas and took a picture with Nas <laughs> I cried I was so happy for them but it's because like you have seen throughout time that they genuinely care about their craft and they are very meticulous as to how they put it and why so, tip my hat off to them. Good job. Okay. So, the next one is uh, Autumn Leaves, Dead Leaves in the, I think, the accurate title, the accurate translation or whatever. Um, it is an uh, actual sample from uh, the same beat of Dead Roses by Black Bear. That, when you listen to them back-to-back, is actually very, very similar. Um, And they're only a year apart. Um, Autumn Leaves is actually my favorite song. So um, when I discovered this, I was like, wait, that's really cool. Um, But yeah. Um, Black Bear, debatable whether you see them as hip-hop and rap. Um, But I think it doesn't matter what kind of artist. Like As long as you sample from any artist, that that act in itself is Mm hip-hop. Next one blew my mind because for the longest time, when I'm listening to Mike Drop, I'm like, what's the song? What's the song? What's the song? And I had such a hard time figuring it out. And then Kay told me, get your freak on, Missy Elliott. And I'm like, that's it. After all these months of pondering, of my brain hurting, trying to figure it out, I put it together. And now I can't like unhear it. Like every time I hear a mic drop, my mind just goes to Missy Elliott. And I, I, I love that so much. Yes. And I, I recently discovered it too. And I was so blown away because I was like, ah, like, yes, I agree. And I think it's one of the few female hip hop artists that, they've sampled and I was so happy um and then you can definitely tell you can definitely tell that that's a sample to be and mm-hmm. I that's, love it yeah that. that's what I always thought I'm like what is it I just from the first time I heard Mike drop 
I just could not put his like it's different but it's not at the same time yeah. like there is a slight different in mic like difference in mic drop mm-hmm. but once you like hear the two like right after each other there's no going back and that's what I needed I needed to listen to get your freak on and now mm-hmm. now just playing in my head like both beats at the same time mm-hmm. yes and now going back again to one of my favorite favorite artists of all time this one when I first found out oh my goodness I was so blown away um but it also made a lot of sense and it's Trivia Love and that I can talk all about Trivia Love you guys heard me give that sneak peek last week but Trivia Love is poetry in itself samples intro from Miss Lauren Hill whoa whoa that's another one where I had to hear it to put it together and I feel like that happens with me a lot I'm always just like what does this sound like and once I figure it out or once I'm told it they just they blow my mind and it's like not what I ever expect them to know I don't know why it still surprises me to this day sometimes that they know this yeah and I love it and I'm I'm trying to remember who it was I want to say someone from twice I want to say Sana but I'm pretty sure I'm very wrong and very off but someone and it was from a girl group that said that one of the albums that shaped their um music artistry and something like that blah 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 is the miseducation of um Lauren Hill and when they said that I had already known about the sampling from intro and trivial love like mm-hmm. all that and when whoever this person was said that I was so blown away because I'm like wow that makes a lot of sense because whenever you talk about like music influences um from other artists um just regular people (laughs) regular every you know normal people Mm -hmm. the album they always attribute to their like musical epiphany to their life epiphany to anything that that shaped them who they are is that album the miseducation of lauren hill and that was it for me too when i heard it um, when I was in like middle school and high school like that album like I was so blown away and I was like whoa this is beautiful this is poetry this is so articulated in, in such a way that it's so beautiful and and master it's a masterpiece and you know that that was one of the most best-selling albums in the world like it just wasn't in the United States it was in the world and mm-hmm. it still blows my mind to the fact that you know it isn't just people here that know that it's mm-hmm. people across the globe and yeah. that's why I'm like that, that's when I really truly started believing that music really transcends borders and transcends you know languages and barriers and all of that we have BTS sampling themselves which always once again blows my mind because you just never know how they're going to do it you never know what they're going to do next and this makes me realize like it makes me think like how 
much of their music is so planned out right now like what do they have planned next like did they hear it like did they come up with this and then automatically know like I want to know that's one of my like favorite things to think about is just how every time I hear one of their songs especially like any of my favorite songs I like to sit there and I'm like I wish I could go into their mind and understand like how do they put these things together how do they think of this and it's just it's amazing it's moving touching I I love it in any, in any music that they do. And it always catches me off guard. And I feel like we're going to go backwards with this one, but just with recent, like, Shadow and Ego, always, and, and Persona. Persona, Shadow, Ego just caught me off guard because it's like, I didn't know. Like, Persona came out. I remember when Persona was out, like, the first day I was just, I stopped what I was doing. I think this was, like, a story between all of us, how, like, it was just dropped. I saw it, my notification on my computer, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, and we listened to it, and it sampled School of Affair the outro right so that that one's actually really like that's why i put it like like that it was really weird so intro school love affair (laughs) so this was way back in school love affair intro for that samples outro love in school so when you hear outro love in school it that same beat is the intro like for the next song so the way yeah, that it's compiled, then, it's it's um oh are you late to outro and then the next album the intro samples outro love the affair. outro and then persona samples intro love affair intro yes so and and I love that persona is also an intro and it's just like it's not what we were expecting at the time too Mm -hmm. so now we have persona and everyone's just like what are they going to do next because there's no way that bts is stopping with whatever they got planned Mm -hmm. and it was just shadow and ego were both too just a guessing game like i remember the timeline guessing what could they possibly do and on the spot question but out of the three what is your favorite like sample that they've done from (gasps) from the three what was what was the most like mind-blowing for me I think shadow I think shadow okay if we're talking about catching us off guard Mm -hmm. uh definitely shadow that one caught me off that one really caught me off guard Yes, but I loved ego. I love, love ego. How it, it like just the way it starts, it's just like bright, and I'm like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like J Hope did a great job, but Shadow, I was caught off of guard. Like yeah. I, and it took me a while. Like I had to keep listening. Like <laughs> I, I was just like, wait, what's going on? Like Shadow was so in depth, I felt. Yeah. And then ego was like right in your face, screaming but so good and then persona just like it it just made me happy I'm like this is musical geniuses right here what are they possibly doing yeah for me it definitely the one that caught me off guard and like I I had to I literally had to sit down and I was like whoa 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 what's happening definitely shadow like that one caught me off guard and I wasn't expecting it to be um the intro for oh are you late too like I whoa that caught me off guard but when it comes to like my favorite sample out of these three it's definitely intro because I am just 
the the one that really at first this was i think before i even heard persona but the one that blew me away was how outro and intro um school love affair just fit so perfectly because you know um discography speaking um it's the outro love and school is the outro for um oh are you late too and then the next album is school love affair and the intro for that is intro school love affair so like technically when you listen to these um in in a chronological way like the outro after that the next song is obviously the intro and it samples that and then the fact that out of that Namjoon sampled all of that in intro persona like that is just also the artistry fact all, itself. all three of them were sampled like an intro was sampled in all mm-hmm. three of them love that mm-hmm. and it's just like the fact that it was like the school trilogy that yes, they that's that's like, that yes that, that's and I I I said this so um when um persona like map of the soul persona came out um, or when we were getting the announcements and everything, I, from the very beginning, whoever would listen to me, I would say they are going back to school love affair. They're going back to the school trilogy series. Like, I don't know how I know I'm new here, but like, that's my take on that. And I honestly think they're going to go back to their old stuff, specifically the school trilogy, because that is artistry in itself. And nobody would listen to me, but look who looked like a fool at the end when seven came out because I was like they sampled everything from school trilogy like like and I want to know I want to know what were they thinking why like what is this for mm-hmm. like what it because something something's next like there has to be they always connect everything so what are they doing next like I and I, I was waiting I was excited and then COVID you ruined everything like I know, I know. and 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 I knew one of the reasons that they were going to sample um and and just play homage to the school trilogy series Mm -hmm. was because their seven year anniversary was coming up and I was like this is it in Mm -hmm. in seven and and like that's why I was kind of expecting something just not what shadow brought me but I was expecting that homage to their roots which was the school trilogy series Mm -hmm. and so I was like I knew I I know this is going to be an homage to themselves and the fact that they're sampling themselves in the, they're basically their tribute album. I was like, that, that's, I'm gonna say, uh, that's big balls. And they did that. And I love it. It would have been great live. I wanted to see what they had in store. What were they planning? And I'm so upset. Like, and the thing is that they deserve it. They deserve to do that. Mm-hmm. They deserve to put themselves on this high pedestal mm-hmm. and play their music and tribute to themselves. They yes. deserve this with everything that they've done oh, yeah I love it yes 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 and yes and <laughs> like I, I I was so excited for seven and I'm so so upset that you know she got robbed she got robbed because of corona and it just makes me so sad because like you can see their artistry in that album in itself like you can see how they've grown as artists and just how much they deserve to be on stage and how much they deserve to be called you know worldwide musical artists like mm-hmm. to be on the stage again to be on the same stage as Nas, Jay-Z, 
you know, Beyonce, like all of these people, like they deserve to be there because they, they get it. They, they've done this. This is what they've been working for, for the past, I can't believe eight years now. And when people say like, you know, their music is basically the same or whatever, whatever people say about BTS, like, no, like out of any artist I've seen, I think just with the streaming services themselves, like what they have on that platform is a lot especially considering for seven especially when you put them on like western industry um i guess in that scale they have a lot of music just for a group that was that's been around for almost eight years Mm -hmm. now all of the songs pre-debut solo stuff hidden stuff like like the soundtrack um um, the soundcloud tracks all of that like no one is doing that in almost a year a decade long career no one only i think the only person probably are true og hip-hop people like those are only people and it's because that that there's that 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 push to to make music all the time because it's, it's what you know it's what you there do so there are so many artists that I have grown up with and learn and learn I've grown up with and love and they they're not doing it anymore they are burnt out they don't want to and if you have to really sit down and think about it like it's going to be eight years eight years of doing this and that is just them debuted before like and the industry is very different over there they've gone through a training process and the fact that they here they are like they're signed for what we have like six more years five more years and who knows like knowing them I wouldn't be surprised if they don't stop I will say it till (laughs) the day comes like they are gonna be the next rolling stones the next eagles they're gonna be and honestly i'm fine with it like i'm fine if they take breaks because that's what any artist should do like that's just mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. and if but they're gonna come back groups have done that like there these groups have gone on hiatus for 20 years but in the end of the day they come back and they still make music and they still perform and that's gonna be bts because that's at the end of the day like I feel like groups that don't make it they are they get too lost in the fame and the fortune and like yes BTS like they have tons of money they are very popular right now but clearly they most of the time it shows from what they show us we don't know that from what they show us it's still about the music for them. They will always continue to create and make and produce because that's just who they are. They don't do it for, yes, they do it for the money, but not in that way. They literally do it for their like love and passion. Mm-hmm. And when you say things like that, like it just, it literally, I just think of Yungi and I'm just like, that man just, you know, the fact, like, um, I forgot what song it is in, but when he talks about, you know, growing up, like, all what he would have on his notebooks was just scribbles of, you know, lines and rhymes and poetry and whatever his mind could think of, that, that, that is passion, that is passion for music, that, if it, like, and it's not just, it's not just him, because, 
so many rappers and hip hop artists and, and true lovers of music, you know, when they sing or when they rap or when they perform of, of any, any of their music and you hear those words of like, I couldn't even sit still in school because I was so passionate to write. And that makes me think of Biggie. Um, but, you know, when they say that and, and, and you hear their music and you hear what they, they have, you're like, it makes sense because it, it, it's you were born with it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, out of all of them, like I think of Yungi all the time because I'm just like that man couldn't even sit still in school. Like he had to be scribbling. He had to be putting his thoughts down in paper in order to understand them and and, and put them out in, in some format. That that's not something that can you can take away. Like that's gonna live on with you forever. And if it means that you're just just, just gonna be producing and writing songs, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But that you don't right. like once you get there, you don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like, like I said, if you don't understand music, that even just the connection of hearing someone talk about in their music feelings that you feel like you still won't get it. And I feel like that's, that's a lot with my family who they don't listen to music in the way that I do. So they don't get what I mean by like, BTS is inspirational like BTS helps me through things like it sounds corny to them but it's so much more than that yeah yes and that's why I like talking about this but also at the same time like again like I said at the beginning you don't have to understand you know hip-hop sampling all of this like you don't have to be like the biggest nerd but I think definitely when it comes to certain artists like BTS like this is something that they do and so like this is something we know like Mm -hmm. as fans of hip-hop but it doesn't mean like you have to know it and in order for you to be a fan and be a a quote-unquote true uh, lover of their music like you exactly you can just like their music because you like their music but for us specifically for us knowing this stuff is what got us into liking them more and Mm -hmm. not that we didn't think their music was good without knowing this information clearly we did or we wouldn't have gotten here to begin with but you just you I feel like you know them on a deeper level music wise by understanding this yeah definitely and it makes me want to continue to listen because what possibly can they do next? What, what, what are their genius minds going to come up with? Yes. Uh, my favorite is just, oh, okay. <laughs> Out of all, and, and there's way more that they've sampled from others, sampled themselves. Like there's just- a, like, like come this back is home. Just, Why, we didn't talk about come back oh, home. Yes yes that's another one that's a that's a more of a cover but um yes that is more of a cover but, but that's also you know there's that argument about like the original artist and what he, you know there's just controversy with that song but it's it's one of my favorites it's one of the best and pays true homage to 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 k-pop in general and and i think that was really smart of them and people are gonna get mad but they um what was him was Seo Taji and the boys or whatever whatever their name was 
basically passed on the baton to a BTS in such a, you know, symbolic way because he's known as like the the father of K-pop in a sense. He's known as the like the the first generation OG like artist. And then the fact that they performed Come Back Home at the at his 25th anniversary, um, you know, people got mad, but then just says a lot. So, you know, not going to get all into that, but um, I was going to say something besides that. Oh, they've sampled classical music as well. Um, It's uh, La Vida Breve, um, which is sampled in Lie, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Another song, I think it's a, a Korean folk artist. Um, it's Why Call, and it's literally the same beat of Spinebreaker. Mm-hmm. I love that one, yeah. That one also blew me away. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, and it made me happy because I was like, that's homage to their, their, um, mm-hmm. their own kind of music. Um, but but it just like blows my mind because you know this goes with the whole sampling thing I was saying earlier and what it means to sample and the fact that they sampled a song from their own country in a song that lyrically criticizes their country I was I was so shocked but anyways but yeah there's so many mm-hmm. um and I talked about this a few times but one of the ones that like really resonate with me I love and adore is um the fact that Namjoon um sampled the interlude uh to cool for school um in monerlude and and it's just mm, like the flipping of the pages oh it, it it's amazing it's out of all my like and the fact that it's Namjoon it just it says a lot but my two favorite samples they've ever done is that one? It's Monerlude and it's Trivial Love, and it's because of intro. Those are my two favorites. I love them. Mom June just knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Autumn Leaves. How could I forget that? Like Autumn Leaves is just a given. Like that's my, that's my. If I only had ten songs that I could listen to on repeat of BTS forever, Autumn Leaves takes my number one spot. Oh my goodness, we should do that for an episode. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be so hard for me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What are your two favorite samples they've done? <sighs> Hold on, I need to look at this list. I feel like I don't even know if Mike Drop is a favorite. It just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um that counts yes okay so mic drop is definitely one of them and if i rule the world those two yes but i really love what they did with born singer mm-hmm. yes i just love that with that one they just changed it up and made it their own so i really really like that one but Every time I think of sampling, my first my first thought is if I rule the world. Yeah. So if I rule the world, mm-hmm. and then 
the reason why I'm hesitant on mic drop is that I only recently learned it, but the <laughs> whole time I was just like, what is the song? What is this song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely. And like there, there has been controversy on if I rule the world, but I think like they, in any way, whatever, whatever they did, they still put homage to that song. And like, that's why I, I don't like, even though I'm like the most analytical person there is, but sampling is done for various reasons. They're not always going to be the same, but some arguments that people have is that, you know, Nas and Lauren Hill, when they did If I Rule the World, um, it was in a political um, aspect. It was, it, it was for political purposes. Like, you don't see much of it, but that's what it was done for. Like, when you think about that, like, it, it, it's a it's a piece about that. And it's a piece about, like, just in respect to, to more of a political climate, while BTS did it in a more of, like, to boost themselves up. And, and when you see the lyrics it's about like one day they're gonna rule the world which is very different lyrically speaking but they both convey sort of the same message that you know it's about themselves ruling the world and in whatever capacity it is and that's why I think like that's also such a timeless masterpiece and the fact that it was done so early on in their career Mm -hmm. like they, they were babies they were not even that old yet um musically wise and they decided to put that out um, and maybe that's why it got a lot of backlash because not a lot of people understood where they were coming from with that. Mm-hmm. But yes, I love. That, I'm, I have a special that, story. That, that, that is the one that surprises me the most. For some reason, that surprises me the most for them knowing it and sampling it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, I could keep going. Like hip hop file, just like hip hop lover, like that just goes way deep into like where they get their inspiration from like you know that 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 is one of my favorite ones but um yeah I could keep going this is this is such an endless conversation that can happen but um yeah this is a conversation that's going to continue to happen because they're going to continue to release music and I will we, we will update you with whatever next is happening I don't not that they have anything planned, I think. I mean, who knows? They, they've been quiet and I'm scared, so. They've been real quiet, but yes. It's, um, I'm really excited to see what they decide to do next. And- mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, whatever they have planned next, like that, that's why they're such incredible artists. They can just, make something out of nothing (laughs) yes and I'm excited to see what's next like I love B but B was just a at the moment thing so I want to know what did they have planned and what are they going to do so Mm -hmm. we'll let you know we'll definitely be doing a review yes definitely Whatever that is. Um, maybe soon. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. But like last year at this time is when seven came out. So it's one it's been one year almost since seven. Yesterday actually I went, I was with my friend and we ended up passing by um or actually we ended up taking the train in at Grand Central. And it was a very emotional moment for me because um it's been almost a year to the day that um, 
actually no it has been a year to the day since bts were there to perform and i say that because it was pre-recorded when the time when it aired how do i know this because a friend of a friend (laughs) friend's mom saw bts performing at grand central when they were actually recording at like three in the morning um and i have a picture of namjoon um and that's not in a, any um, stalker, sassang way. This is just, they're an MTA worker. And in New York City, there's much you can do. Like, the, it's a little bit normal for people to see artists. And when you're doing it at a Grand Central, who isn't going to see you? Yes. So that was a time. That was, I cannot believe it's a year. Feels like five. Mm-hmm. But... Yes. Who knows what's next? I'm excited and yeah. Yes, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation of a very long conversation about sampling and just super long convert super long conversation you don't even know. Understand. (laughs) Yes. You don't even know. This is a day-long process, just letting y'all know. Yes, um, it is currently almost 3.30 p.m. And once you, <laughs> and if you listen to the whole thing, we started this at 8 a.m. <laughs> but you know- My what? coffee is long gone. Yes, we're not drinking anything right now, but it's okay. That's just, that's the process. That's life at times. process. <laughs> But that's all I got for this. Yes, and we hope you all enjoy this conversation. And let us know if any of these surprised you. Um, and if you are into the whole sampling business, you know, let us know what's your favorite song BTS has sampled. Yes. The one that I will always hold dear to my heart is Trivial Love. Gosh, that was impeccable. Um, if... If you want to read The Miseducation of Kim Seok Jin to understand a little bit of hip-hop too, slide in our DMs and I'll slide you the link. Yes. Timeless fanfic. That 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 deserves to be written as a book. I said it. But anyways. Instagram see. and TikTok, Zero O'Clock Podcast and our Twitter, Zero O'Clock Pod. And submit your questions because we have an episode coming up where we answer your questions. So we need some questions. At least, at least one. Please. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.